Hello and welcome to the FIFO Fam podcast. I'm Boyd. And I'm Kayla. And here we talk all things FIFO, family and taking life one week at a time. We're all about creating the best versions of ourselves physically, mentally and environmentally. While also learning and struggling through the everyday grind of a young family. So hop on, join the shit show and we, and we hope, hope you, you enjoy this episode. episode. Previously on the FIFO Fam podcast. We're going to get a little bit sensitive here, and we are going to talk about miscarriage it's one of those Um, things that if you do get out in the open and talk about you realize that a lot of people are actually in the same boat and it becomes a lot less taboo and easier to talk about didn't make eye contact and but he was just like i'm i'm really sorry um but there's there's no longer a baby There's, there's no baby here we came home and we were kind of met with, we need to have a discussion. Boyd and I actually packed up our dogs, packed up as much as we could into our two cars and got in the car without a word. We didn't, like we both got into separate cars and without a word, we didn't know where we were going. We, we just drove. We just drove, we left. So straight down the freeway, uh, down the driveway, I called my sister. First thing I did, and said everything straight out. This is what's happened. Um, boy, didn't I have nowhere to go? Like, what do we do? And she said, "Come here, let like dinner. We'll do dinner. We'll map this out." Um, so then I get off the phone to her, and Boyd calls, and he goes, "Where are we going?" What the fuck are we doing? Like, yeah. Where are we going? Obviously not indicating we like go back. Just where do we go? We have nowhere. Um, so I said we're going to we're going to my sister's, and we'll map it out from there. And that's what we did for three days. We lived out of our car, cars. Uh, we had two dogs. Um, obviously, one we had only. We were borderline rescuing. We mm. weren't even actually cleared to rescue yet. Um, and we were now out. It was kind of, it was kind of like a, a trial foster yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. And we were now out on the streets with a dog we didn't know very well. Our dog. Um, miscarrying. And all we had was a few bags of clothes. Yeah. Um, so my sister also has an old dog and a cat. And we couldn't bring the dogs inside their house. Um, so they slept in the car for two days. Um, we had to get up. They, they got a lot of exercise. They got a lot of exercise. As soon as the day, like the sun came up, we had to get up and walk them. Um, and like, not had to, but like we did. Otherwise they pee, yeah, yeah. get upset. We, we were prioritizing them in this um, situation as well. Got up, took them for walks and... Then I'm going back and forth to doctors for blood tests to declare what I'm doing. 
Um, so we slept on blow up mattresses and yeah, we're kind of still waiting for, you know, me to have a miscarriage at any Mm. point, trying to map out where we will go. Um, and I was, as I said a little bit earlier, I had already kind of discussed with mum myself moving home um, because we didn't believe that with Boyd's parents coming home, we could all live in that house for an unknown amount of time. That was never yeah. the idea. It was always we would live there while they were away. Um, so I had already kind of penciled that in, but it wasn't supposed to be Boyd and I and two dogs. Mm. So at this point then we chose to um, give the dog back to her foster carer um, with the intention that hopefully we could um, try to take her back in when we got on our feet again. Um, Which we did, but... Yeah, that's another story. Um, And then we had to book removalists and storage. And all at this point... Um, We had actually brought my dad up to the mainland with us to come home. And, you know, he left us and he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, let me know. Let me know what happens. Keep me up to date. And then he found out about all of this and he's ringing every day. And then it got to the point where he wasn't ringing to talk to me. And he'd be like, yeah, I know you're fine. Let me know about the miscarriage, but I want to talk to Boyd. Hmm. And he's telling Boyd to go into a room and shut the door. And so that they could just talk um, because ultimately dad was very, very worried about you. And so was my mm. brother. My brother's ringing to say, I'll come up. I'll help you move. Yeah. Um, my dad's saying, I'll help you move. Got family, friends, and we're all going, I don't, we don't need any males coming up to that house. Yeah. Um, with the things that were said and it being known to my dad, my brother, Yep. very close family friends um we <laughs> or we knew in that moment that they could not enter that house no um and i think that kind of goes to say you know kind of how negative the things that were said were yeah um so yeah dad's ringing and checking in we're living on a mattress in my sister's house and then it got to I believe it was, oh, the the Tuesday. Um, so this is nearly a week after. And I had to go and meet a new surgeon because my doctor couldn't do yep. the surgery. Um, she was not available, but it was the, you know, this is a time poor situation to be going through. Um, so I went and met someone that I'd never met before. And while he is a great doctor, and I don't fault him for being a doctor himself, as someone who's been going through what I had been going through that week, he was very abrupt, very straightforward. I'm very much that person. But just in that week, being a young 21-year-old currently miscarrying, it was like, like I remember him just saying, okay, well, I need to check to make sure. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like, yeah, yeah, that's fair. But it was almost like, in my mind, I was like, I'm not lying to you. But yeah. that's kind of the way he kind of straight out made me feel. Yeah. And then I remember him just being like, right, pants down, 
well, like not pants down, but like pull them down. Yeah. And then I obviously hadn't pulled them down enough. And this sticks with me. And I remember him just like yanking them further down. And it wasn't like he just wanted to it, it was do just, it, scare. It, it was just doing his job. He was yeah. just doing a job. But like in my mind, I was just like, why didn't you just say, can you pull your pants yeah. out a bit further? Or like say, I'm going to just, I need to, you know, yeah. pull these further down. And, you know, it really stuck with me. And I get that he's a busy man. He's a surgeon, whatever. But it did. And I think in a now, it wouldn't bother me. I was about I've to ask you that. Yeah. two kids. Now it wouldn't affect me. So maybe in his mind, it wasn't that big of a deal. He's been in this industry for yeah. yonks. But then as a first time pregnant woman, miscarrying, going through the shit I had, I was like, just really like... Just threw you off. Yeah. I'm really like stunted almost. Like I felt like I couldn't move. Um, and yeah, then he's like, yep, definitely no baby here. Yep. Cool. All right. We'll do it Thursday. And so like, that was kind of it. And you know, then come surgery day, he was lovely. And I don't think he wasn't lovely on that day. It's just how I remember it and how it sits with me. Yeah. And from the outside looking in, if I had a video watching it, I might tell myself that was, you know, that was nothing. Obviously every emotion's sort of heightened going through something like this. And the fact that it dragged on, not like for ages, but like you were saying you just wanted it to be over once you yes. knew there was no return from. Yeah. So this is, yeah, yeah, already a week pretty much from me going, right, I need this to be yeah. over. Um, so, yep, confirmed. We're going to book in. Let's do it. Then Wednesday comes around and boy, didn't I move house that day. So we yeah. go up first time, first communication no one has contacted boyd's parents don't know where we are they don't know where we're living don't know what we're doing um have not checked in have not asked us have not messaged yeah so we just go out there with our cars and a truck um yep so we just rocked up and i remember my heart just like oh i don't think it's ever raced that hard um and I had my mum, my sister in the car with me and um, Boyd and brother-in-law went up in the truck and you guys rocked up first, yep. thankfully. So they already knew that we were there with a truck, like we were leaving. Um, and uh, yeah, Boyd's father didn't speak to me, Did, said hello to everyone, not me. And... I didn't actually speak to anyone. I packed up what we needed to. Um, my mum and sister just asked me what needed to go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the Wednesday we chucked everything we could into a truck and left and moved into a one bedroom of my mum's house. Like one, yeah. one bedroom. Um, luckily, my mum's house was built for you know myself and my two siblings um but we just we just moved into one room because she still had to have room for other things she still had a like you know a baby room set up for you know my sister's kids my my brother's kids um but we did have our own bathroom and 
stuff like that. And I I grew up there. Yep. Boyd had lived there, not lived there, but you know, you'd stayed so many times there. So we were yep. comfortable there, but not, you know, we moved into one room. We've lived on our own for four years prior to this. It definitely beat sleeping in our car. It definitely beat sleeping in our car. We definitely didn't question that. Um, my mum also has a dog, so we had to then, you know, it's focus so much on my, like our dog and my mum's dog <laughs> trying to get along. Alfie's twice as big as him as well. Twice as big. My mum's dog suffers from like knee um, pop-outs every other day. And so it's just, yeah, that was a messy, messy interaction. But we got there. That was something we could focus on and that was fine. So that was Wednesday. We moved everything. I think we went and bought a vacuum because my mum said, if your dog is living inside, um, Alfie is a huge dog who sheds a lot. Um, she was like, you need to take care of the, the hair. And so that afternoon... We went and bought a brand new Dyson. Dyson. And I remember you and I having, it was just a stupid argument, but we like every comment we were like yelling every comment. I remember Logan and Ashley and mum all kind of just sitting there just going, not telling us to breathe because they didn't want to get us more fired up, but being like, okay, all right, valid comment, valid comment, but. How about we try it this way? Because, um, like, we were just obviously so... Wired. We were, yeah. Yeah. We'd just moved everything. We'd gone and spent $800 on a vacuum, and we didn't have a house to live in. Yeah. Um, so, that's... We were just utterly stressed. We were living out of boxes. Half our shit was... We'd moved into storage as yeah. well. Um we were pretty, um, yeah, we were looking flat out at places that would suit us. Like, it was good not having to rush, like, there wasn't a deadline, mm-hmm. but we just wanted our own place sort of as soon as we could. Yeah, so that was that. And then Thursday came around. So we're talking nine days, nine days now from finding out, or maybe eight days. Anyway, um, and Thursday was DNC day. Um, and Boyd had gone back to work. Boyd went back to work that day. And um, we, I went, I remember saying, okay, well, you know, I have to go in now. And Boyd went, okay, well, I have to sleep because I've got night shift. And so my mum took me in. So that's just showing how, like, ignorant I was at the situation because I hadn't been through it or hadn't ever spoken to anyone about it. Um, it's, I didn't understand the complexity and the severity of it. Mm. I don't know whether it was just my age or just, I think I was ill-informed or. I think in maybe a different circumstance you would have. Yeah. We didn't stop for like 10 days prior, like, you know, the day prior to finding out all the way through this. We did not stop. Everything was so high stress. And then we'd ultimately had a falling out that we didn't know then. But, you know, we know now and we felt it then put a rift in our family forever. Yeah. And that hasn't healed. 
that, that that rift is still there. It has in some points, I will say. Oh, like are. a lot of points, but... There are certain elements that it almost like we knew then and there. This was yeah. a forever thing. Um, and so I... You not coming to surgery holds weird feelings for me. It hurts a lot. It hurts a lot. Uh, you know, we were miscarrying. Well, I was miscarrying our baby. Like, this was our thing. Yeah. Um, I guess even more so than that, like, you actually did just sleep through the day. Like, you weren't communicating with me. Um, and, you know, now through the work that we have done as a relationship and as people... I know where your head was at at the time. And even then, I did know. We all were discussing, you know, my dad was calling you every day. My mum and my sister were telling me, you know, check in what's, yeah. what's happening. But I guess at this point also I'm going, okay, well, I'm the one that's about to go in for surgery. Yeah. Um, so I never held it against you ever. But it hurt. Hmm. Um. And yeah, and more so than you not coming, it hurt that you literally did you you went to sleep that day, and you didn't communicate with me. I know I was put under general anaesthetic. That doesn't necessarily mean a lot for a young person, young healthy person. No, but you just don't know. Like I wouldn't ever want you to go in for surgery and me not be in communication with yeah. you and me not talking to you and me not. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, like I was saying, I think at that point I just didn't understand how severe it actually was and the what you actually had to go through in the surgery. Mm. And maybe because you probably did tell me and I was just so caught up with everything else. Yeah, and that's... It's <laughs> still my excuse these days. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, I think that's all it was. And I'd, I know that I won't forgive myself either. Like, you've, mm. you've told me how you felt and... Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, it sucks. And like so many elements that affected both of us forever in that situation. Um, even <laughs> filling out the paperwork for the surgery, um, it said, what's your housing situation? And I filled it out however many other times, pregnant and mm. ha- having both the kids. And I remember looking at mum and joking, there was a box for ticking homeless. Mm. And I was like, Technically, I don't have a home right now. Um, what do I, you know, mm. what do I put down? And I remember like saying it super jokingly, but also <laughs> I remember like almost choking back tears yeah. as I joked to mum about it and stopping myself and just going with the joke side of it. Well, technically you could have because we didn't... We didn't have a yeah. home when I filled the paperwork out. No set address. Um, and then mum was like, no, um, tick this one or whatever. And it made sense, obviously. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of where we were at at this point. You know, just ki- just getting by. Every comment I made was kind of mm. a joke that inside I was like, if I went through my actual feelings, I'd probably lose my shit right now. But I'm going to stick with the joking side of yeah. things. I'm going to just keep talking this through. So... Yeah, went in, uh, sat in the waiting room for a DNC for so long. DNCs is not the first 
thing on the list because you're not booked in prior. It's yeah. a spare of the moment, last thing. Um, and I remember I'd been fasting for however many hours and finally got in and then um, came out. Mum sat with me. She waited the whole time. And then I was asked if I needed a medical certificate for my husband. And I was like, um, well, technically, no, he's going to work. And I remember mum just pushing it and pushing it. And then eventually my sister messaging Boyd and being like, you're not going to work. You yeah. need to contact, you know, you need to contact Kayla or mum and say, get me get me that medical certificate. Yeah. And we actually had begun walking out of the hospital. Like I was... I'd, I was out of recovery. Yeah. I'd sat there and you'd said, no, I'm going to work. So we'd sat there for two hours or whatever. And we were walking out of the hospital when you messaged my mum and said, can you get me a medical certificate? And I remember mum like turning around and being like, how fast can you walk? It's like bloody five o'clock in the afternoon at yeah. this point. Um, you're supposed to be at work in half an hour. We need to go and get this. And um, we only just could get it. The doctor was like leaving. I was the last one on the day and we just got it in time. And that's how, I guess, how your brain was working at that point. You didn't do anything until that last second. Not told to, but like you should do this. But even like that last second, that last Mm. split instinct of no, change my mind. Like it wasn't anything that you like pre-planned or thought of it was just that last instinct of i think i know better than yeah. this and maybe it was just i needed that to justify my own thoughts whereas mm. i was in the same boat back then i was very career driven i was sort of moving up and it was mm. yeah you know i didn't understand the importance of having my own family then mm. whereas i don't know how do you feel now like I've changed a shitload since then. Yeah, you have. So it's, yeah. I just needed that nudge, I think, to justify what I was feeling and go, hey, no, this is a normal thing that yeah. you don't go to work for. You don't go to work. You you should have been at the hospital and you definitely need to be home. Yeah. Um, you know, because I guess even after a DNC, like I said, with taking a pill to, mis- to um, end pregnancy, terminate, um, there's a chance of hemorrhage. But even after a DNC, there is a chance of hemorrhaging and stuff like that. You have to be quite cautious yeah. and just aware. Like, not so much cautious. You just have to be aware of things. Um, and that's the sort of thing that I guess in your mind wasn't really a thing. It wasn't... You weren't really focused on that. Mm. It didn't click until... Maybe probably not until after we'd even had Scarlet. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, like, it really... We could see you were struggling. We knew you were struggling, which is why I could deal with the way you were behaving and how you were not there. Um, And then I guess this, you were already maybe not in a very good headspace. You'd been known for, you know, anxiety and um, I guess depression prior. And then this situation. No, this, this this was the situation. Yeah. That brought everything on. You had anxiety long before oh, this. Yeah. But I'm diagnosed. 
and oh yeah not diagnosed but you know then this really put you into yeah, that it, position so i, I went talk, touched on this stuff briefly back in i think it was episode three um sort of part of the whole mental burnout mm-hmm. and this was this the, is breaking the point. trigger that was pulled yeah yep. this was it this was what sent boyd down the worst of it yeah um i think the other thing is that after all of this we still had no communication from your family no um i think it actually went for four months yeah they didn't know where we lived they didn't know that we had had you know had to terminate and had the end of the miscarriage um they never asked yeah yep um and i actually didn't speak to any of them and this is you know i lived with them for a long time and then i lived in their house uh, i did not speak to your mum for until i was 38 weeks pregnant with scarlet well, then, yeah eight months later nine months later because yeah anyway about a year yeah about a year and they didn't contact you for four months and then even then it was it was hard work yep it was a lot and obviously i know what you get like when you're in even a good mood but like when stuff like that happens i could see you just you would just shut out shut everything out yep um unfortunately our side of the story could never be seen yeah it, um or heard it never um it never was really taken into um thought until i was about to have scarlet and i sat down with your mum yeah and put everything out on the table we put everything out on the table yep. and your mum and i just said everything and I remember saying to your mum, Boyd was in a really, really bad place and you guys didn't even contact him. And that was my biggest thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, maybe Boyd can get past this, but I've watched my husband go through his worst days and his parents not contact him. Yeah. Yeah, it was rough. It was. Um... And, you know, in saying that, we have a very, very good relationship with your mum now. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, but that's through work, through both sides working. Exactly. Yeah. Like. Yeah. A lot of work's been put back into building that relationship and yeah, I'm very, very grateful for it. Not just for us, but for the kids as well. Yeah. They absolutely, you know, adore her. Yeah. And, but you know, yeah, both sides, your mum's put in so much hard work we've put in hard work and together we've reformed that relationship but it doesn't i guess take back the mental load that could have actually been detrimental to you yep yeah i don't yeah i don't i don't know where like what sort of state i'd be in today if we didn't have that relationship now be playing on my mind a fair bit i think yeah 
Well, I guess then if we go to the next part, we um, if you've ever had a miscarriage, you'll know that they don't recommend trying for a baby straight away. Um, so you're supposed to have technically two cycles, um, a minimum one cycle, because your body can still carry um, the, I guess, the, in easy terms, a negative chemical that form like creates miscarriage or encourages miscarriage. There's a chemical that can still be lying in your system. Yep. Um, and so by having a cycle, having two cycles, um, you're supposed to, your body's supposed to, you know, self rid of that bad chemical. Um, Did nah. not know that bottle was there. <laughs> Didn't you? No. <laughs> um, again, not a doctor, but that's my concept of it. Um, so it actually took us eight weeks mm. to have a period after the DNC. And so we kind of went one one cycle is enough for us. Um, like we said, we're not you know medical experts. We don't... waited one cycle, yeah. we, but then we said, well, if we if we take another eight weeks, three months to have another cycle, yeah, that's you know a very long time to then potentially try. Um, so we waited the one, and then we said we're not going to actively try. We're just gonna not not try i didn't track my cycle i didn't do anything technical and yeah um but we actually the next cycle we actually did get pregnant with scarlet um and now this is something that is weird and this is something that never leaves you if you've in my opinion if you've had a miscarriage i hated not hated it. No, not hated. That's incorrect. I refused to enjoy being pregnant yep. for those first, I think it was 14, 15 weeks before I actually allowed myself any enjoyment out of it, any excitement or any actual, this is happening. Yep. I remember even telling my boss, hey, by the way, I'm 13 weeks pregnant and just being like, just bland. I wasn't even like... Yeah. Because it was after the second scan that we were like, okay, this is actually... This is actually... Like, even after the first one, we're like, okay, at least there's, there's something, something... There's something... A physical life form that we can see there. Yeah. But we're not going to count our chickens before they hatch. Yeah. So with this, I said at the start, because it was a first pregnancy, it wasn't ever thought about, you know... Bloods were right. There was no thought process. We weren't really allowed to have an extra scan or an early scan because we weren't considered necessary. Yeah. Um, so this time, I remember, I think we were nine weeks. I didn't, again, I didn't rush it. I was very calm with actually going to the doctors. And um, I went back, saw my doctor. She was over the moon about seeing Boyd and I in her office again. Um and she did a scan then and there. It was an it's an old shitty little doctor's machine, but it's enough to go. It's not confirming yes or no. Yes, yeah. yeah, this is happening. And then we went for our um, scan at you know the twelve thirteen weeks, um, which then 
I guess it was almost like the excitement that would have started at sixteen week, at six weeks with the cautious, that's when that started from yep. about 13 weeks. Started to be excited but cautious and then built and built. And so then I really only got what a lot of people get at the 12-week mark. Yeah. I got that excitement at about the 20-week mark. Yeah. Yeah. Of being like, okay, like <laughs> I have a I have a bump. I'm pregnant. Like this is yeah. this is Every, everything's healthy, all the levels are okay and yeah. Yeah, and it's like it, and then, you know, again, pregnant with Ted, that I thought it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. I didn't think that I would feel those negatives towards it and be so um, bland. Just, like, just I, knowing that your body could do it. Yeah. Like you like, didn't think that you could revert, revert back to your yeah. initial pregnancy. Yeah, I didn't think that it would sit with me so much, the negative sides and the scared. They're so scared of it. Um, but it did. It all just came straight back to, well, you've miscarried before. Mm. You know, what should I do? Like, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel sick today? Why do I feel this today? Um, And obviously carrying a girl and carrying a boy or carrying any two different pregnancies, they carry so differently. So different things would happen with Ted that didn't happen with Scarlett. And I'd be like, shit, here we go. Yeah. Like, um, and I just, you know, I just don't think that those... Prior to having a miscarriage, you're already a bit cautious, a bit nervous. And then you have a miscarriage and it's so hard to rid yourself of those feelings. Or you get like a, or you get like a, I don't know, I'm not, I'm speaking from you, you've told me. Okay. But like you feel like a pang. Yeah. And it's like, hang on, like this happened with my yeah. miscarriage, this is happening all again. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, you know, I'm saying this, we've, we've had one miscarriage and there are people that have multiples and multiples or never, n- nothing ever sticks. Um, for us, I think the, the hardest part for me is knowing that it's the best and the worst. Knowing that my body is trying as hard as it can to hold a pregnancy, but also knowing that it will hold a pregnancy even if it's not viable. Yeah. You know, to be, to have my DNC in 13 and a half weeks pregnant like you know how long could i be pregnant for and never know that that baby's not there that's something that i really really struggle with um yeah and yeah our hearts definitely go out to those people that have to go through this shit multiple times multiple ivf fails that's not just an emotional it's a fucking physical financial it's it's stuff that i had hope we never have to go through or anyone we know has to go through so it's it's horrible and we're just telling our story here there are so many other stories that are well different the same similar uh you know or completely so much worse and so much harder that that we're not trying to i don't know say that anyone's story is better or worse than another we're just saying that miscarriage our side of it and our knowledge of yeah, miscarriage sucks, but also things can happen around miscarriage at the same time that makes them worse. Like I said through this, we had begun moving on and settling into what was happening. And then we got hit with another huge 
uplift our entire world in the space of seven days was completely destroyed. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, the miscarriage actually got put back on the back burner. And, you know, I've said in my grief, in our grief episode, I don't really deal with grief. I, I, I deal very well because I don't actually deal with it. I just move through it. Like through, I move past it. I don't actually even go through it. And I think part of that is probably because of the miscarriage, because I never was really allowed a full process time to actually do that. And so now onwards from that, my entire grieving process is stunted and it is the same. And I just, that's what I do. I have to move on with the rest of things and I never actually sit down and fully move through that situation. I just kind of bypass it. Um, and yeah, I guess that is, that's life. That's something that happened to us. Um, and I can't go back and change it now, but talking about it and being open about it is something that I, that's how I process things. That's how I move through things. Um, and we know everyone's different, but so we don't encourage it, but it, for us personally, it, well, for you personally, it helped talking to people about it. And I think relatability is a massive thing. Um, something is so much easy to talk about when you can relate to it. And Mm -hmm. it's not an easy topic to talk about, but there are a lot of people you'll find that are in the same boat, unfortunately, but it just makes it easier to talk about. Yeah. Even especially like maybe you might not talk to your friends, but if you've heard someone that you don't really know very well, you know, talk about it openly, it's sometimes easier to find strength to, if you come across them and, and bring it up because maybe it's easy to talk to someone who's a little bit more like a stranger mm. and isn't going to actually be in your everyday circle um, and in your face all the time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything more to add? Oh, fathers and talking about miscarriage. Yeah. You came across something recently and you, and you told me about it later and you said that you're sitting down with three guys, there was three of you, and all of you have gone through miscarriage. Yeah. And um, one of the guys actually said, you know, after a little while talking, he said to me, he said, it's so nice to sit down with two other blokes, blokes and actually talk about this yeah yeah it's it's something that goes under because i'm not like we don't have the easy part of it but we don't have the amount of toll as the mother has Mm. with it but it's not it's not something that's talked about enough between blokes i think Mm. um because we do i know for me i feel like i suffered in silence and that was just my way of going through i didn't want to talk to anyone about it um, at the time I didn't know anyone that had been through the same thing. I was Logan, but yeah. we weren't, I guess we weren't as close. No, we like, yeah, we were. And I did talk to him about it. He was one of the main ones I talked to him about, but you know, not, none of my f- 
friends were yeah. close to having kids. Um, a lot of people at work, I just didn't have that relationship with them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Logan was the only one I really talked to about it. Mm. Um, and he was my sort of only outlet. And like I was, yeah, like I was saying, you don't really know who has actually gone through this side of things until you talk about it until you open up I guess and yeah. then that's when the conversation flows and you can find out what other blokes have been through and what, how they've dealt with the situation and mm-hmm. how they've helped their partner through it and yeah I think a lot, that that side of things probably would have helped a lot At going through it yeah if I had those external communications yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah another element that really does fall short and you know even thinking when someone says they've gone through a miscarriage, you know, my first thought, and it should be the first thought, goes to, you know, the woman. Mm. Um, but I guess it takes a lot of, a lot more thought to go, oh, I wonder how he's going. Yeah. Um, because obviously at the time, especially through the DNC and everything, there was times where it could have been for you there a lot more and going through this time you actually had to, had to be there for me because of the stuff that obviously waterfalled from mm-hmm. what we were going through so there was a lot of stuff that I could have done better through it obviously but yeah it, it, it definitely would have helped having someone or more people to talk to more mm-hmm. different opinions was I doing what I was doing was that the right thing to do or could have I could I have done more or mm. was yeah. I doing enough that's yeah yeah I guess at the time also like one of the things that was being told to us which I didn't say before is we were being told that we weren't miscarrying we were being mm. there were certain people that were presuming that I had made it up or I had had a phantom pregnancy yep. and they had openly told us that I needed to get over it and that I was imagining it. And I guess subconsciously that is something when you're told that you're going through something and you're being told to get over it. Unfortunately, that does sit with you and you go, should I just be getting over it? Mm. Yeah, you know? of course. It, 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 pl- it plays mind games with you. Should I just be moving through this and um, not? But then you go, but I'm not even making a big deal of it. Yeah. But you're you're like, I'm not even making a big deal of it, but I'm still being told to move on and get over it. Yeah. So you just got to trust your instincts, like. But I guess at that point your instincts were stunted and your instincts were not. And in they're the right intensified place. as well because. They're stunted because of the trauma and then they're intensified because of your hormones. Like a lot of the times, like we've had it like completely unrelated, but we've had an (laughs) argument and then like a day later you'd get your period and then you'd be like, oh, sorry, I was being a crazy bitch. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, maybe not a crazy bitch. I'm not a crazy bitch. (laughs) That's rude. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. But like, but not just me, like even for you. Emotions are so up here and then you're trying to work through everything else we're going through and then you're being told that um, it's a you know, it's a lie, it's a it's fake, it's get over it, 
move on. Yeah, well, for me being told that, like, it being my first time going, like, touch wood, it was my first, well, it was my first time, mm. but touch wood, it was my only time. Yeah. You don't know anything about it and you quite, you do question yourself. You go, well, okay, well, maybe, yeah, maybe this isn't such a big deal. But yeah. It does, it makes you question your own, own I thoughts. Think, I think those comments... As much as you didn't say anything to me, I think subconsciously they affected both of us in terms of, like I said before, it stunted my grieving process because I subconsciously was like, maybe I should just get over this. Maybe I shouldn't even process this. Maybe I should just keep going with life. Yeah. Um, And, you know, you were being told the same and you're mentally going downhill, downhill and downhill Every time you go a little bit further downhill, you're like, get the fuck over it. I'm being told to get over it. But then you're going further downhill. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. So, yeah, it's, um, I guess, yeah. How, how do you see it now? I guess like, do you think you met like what you were feeling at the time sort of was justified or going through two or well, three pregnancies, two births. I don't know. Do you, it does your, does your opinion change of how you manage the situation? As in the situation with your parents? Yeah. Uh, as the situation with the whole thing. The whole thing. No, I, it, like I said, maybe if it, maybe if it was just the miscarriage that we were going through, it wouldn't have been as traumatic, but it's just everything. If it was just the miscarriage, I actually think you and I dealt with the miscarriage very well. We went to the island. You and I told everyone we were doing our grieving process very yeah. well. Very well. Um, and I actually think we were pushed back in terms of grieving and pushed backwards in the miscarriage because we had to prove an element of it Mm. that we were actually doing it. And, you know, to actually have to prove to people who are supposed to be so close to you to physically think in your head, do I need to take you to a doctor's appointment and give you the paperwork Mm. to prove that this is what we're going through? That's a really shit thing to feel inside you. To be like, I know what we're going through. How much do I have to tell you? How much yeah. do I have to inform you that this is what we're going through? Yeah. Um, and that's not fair. You shouldn't ever have to prove to anyone, let alone someone that is that close to you. I think, yeah, no matter what stage of life you're at, like, obviously we've, we've matured a lot since then. But even if, you know, you're 15, you're 16, you, you have an accidental pregnancy, but you go through the same thing. Mm. At the time, you're feeling what you feel. Yeah. Whether you're educated on the situation or not, that is what you are feeling. Yeah. So I think no matter what you justified to them, you know, we've done a lot of things in the past and we look back and you go, oh, yeah, you acted like a dickhead. But at the time, that's how you were feeling and people need to respect that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I also think like... There is a growth in all of this, you know. Um, One thing that I took from miscarrying after, you know, a year and a half of barely getting periods and um, people telling me I need to think about getting Boyd's sperm checked and my ovaries checked, 
Um, oh, swimmer's fine, mate. Come back. <laughs> um, you know, I was like, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to take from this that I can get pregnant. There is an element in this that we are working together. And your body is working for you. Yeah. yeah. So we will, we will go again. And yeah, there's a part of me that I remember going, okay, but maybe you will keep miscarrying. And then I remember saying to myself, okay, yep, maybe. But right now I need to take that I got pregnant. And that is something that can happen. I can get pregnant. Yeah. So we need to keep moving forward. And if something bad happens again, we will take it. We yeah. will we will move forward from that point. Move but to right the next now, step, take all the advice we can get yeah. and go to step two. Yeah. yeah. So that's, you know, it's a massive learning curve and Unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't end as positively as it has for us. But also, I guess in some terms, like, you know, um, you know, we lost a very big family dynamic um, at the same time. And maybe had we miscarried at a different time, had we had the falling out a different time, maybe things would be different. But they didn't. They happened all at the same time. And to attack someone or people who are currently in that situation just falls very wrong for me. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's tough. It's still, it's, it was tough and it still is, but you know, it, relationships have rebuilt since then, but we'll keep, keep working on them and Mm. hopefully a bright future ahead. Well, definitely for our two children, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think that's that's pretty much it. If you're, I guess, yeah, if you're going through this, if you are scared of this, um, just know you're not alone. This is something that lots of lots of women are going through, whether it be silently or openly. Um, and you know, if you want to reach out to someone you don't know go for it. Reach out to Instagram people or, you know, us, someone that you've heard of that's miscarried because if they're openly discussing it, I can guarantee you they're going to be there and happy to talk about it. And unfortunately, some people can't and that's not anything wrong. They, It's just something that can be very confronting and very upsetting. Um, but if you want to talk about it, there are people you know like I said I'm always happy to talk about it because it doesn't it upsets me as a whole but it doesn't upset me as what we've built on from it and how much we've grown and learnt from it yeah. um, sure. and I was always happy to talk about it and you know if I listened to how I talked about it back then and to how I talk about it now I don't think it would be that different apart from you know a few differences of opinions and differences of a couple of years and having children um but i'm you know you're a seasoned vet these days i like i like to talk about it. i think it's good i think it's healthy it is yeah um but yeah, yeah. Talk, talk to someone whether you know them or you don't or um what else read read up in books podcasts there's a lot of good podcasts out there they're not like professionals, they're not. Oh, some well, just talk to your partner. Talk to your partner. Yeah. Find out how he's doing. I was talking, mate. Sorry. Well, I'm doing good. All right. Mine was better. 
<laughs> but like, talk to your partner. Yeah. You know, I wish you and I talked more. But in saying that, maybe I didn't talk to you as much, but I was very aware of what you were going through. Yeah. I was watching you very closely without interfering. Yeah. I, I, sh- I shut off completely, to be honest. You did. Yeah. I know you did. Yeah. And it's hard putting, yeah, putting all that shit below the surface and then trying to, you know, save face for mm. the people you know. Yeah. I know you did. And that's why I didn't talk to you so much about it, but I watched you very closely and yeah. planted different seeds. And But I, I guess that's the difference. I was mentally strong enough to do that at that time. And unfortunately, you know, the, there would be different times that maybe I wouldn't have been strong enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I was just, we. I'm very grateful that at that time I was strong enough to be that person that mm. could I don't know put everything else aside and not not push you but but still be very aware of where you were at yeah maybe not to the extent mm. um but I was very aware that you were not in a good place no no um but yeah so that was um, our story yeah that's us um there's probably a lot more detail that we have missed and like obviously we have um, left a few uh, actual private details out because this is very personal to us. This is a very personal story. Yeah. Um, but if you do feel like you want to message in and or talk, I am... <laughs> bless you. Pardon me. <laughs> I am, you know, I'm happy to talk. Um and yeah, it's a, it was a shit time for us. It was really shit. And if you're going through that, just know you can, you know, you can move on. You can get past it. It was Boyd's lowest point. Yep. Um, and we basically re- rebuilt from nothing. We, we went back into my mom's house and we felt like we were completely failed. We had no savings left after all the impromptu moving and living out of our cars. We had nothing left at the ripe old age of 22 <laughs> it was our lives were over no our lives it's, weren't over look, but... like looking back at it then it like like i was saying you know at that situ at that point in your life you're going through what you're going through and yeah. all your feelings are valid but looking back on that now we're just like that's what we we're thinking but now we're like oh you're so young like you can rebuild it 40 you can rebuild at yes, 50 you can but... rebuild but i think the point that i like the point that i was getting yeah, at yeah, yeah. is not... that we had no money left no no like you can rebuild if you if people or if you have some other element luckily we had my mom who had a spare bedroom mm. we lived in a bedroom at my yeah. mom's we also paid rent yeah but we had after all of that Messing around and whatnot. Medical bills, moving costs. We had yeah. nothing left. We were supposed to, you know, be moving forward to build and buy a house. And we had been put so far back that we were then paying for a storage unit. We couldn't afford to pay rent in an actual house. And we didn't really know where we stood with things. Like, no. we hadn't been... We'd lived off the grid, so we no longer had 
an electricity company or an electricity account. We didn't have um, a rental history currently standing. And all of those things were very hard in that time, in the space of two days while we were miscarrying to process were hard. You apply for a house and they look at you weird when they say, oh, what was your rental history for the, like the last 12 months and then would it, you just you just got no rental history you got nothing, like you got, nothing. you got no money going out yeah and they look at yeah yeah so it at the t- at the time and even looking back at it you know i give us you know props to just moving forward and just keeping on going yeah because I'm we pretty did. bloody proud of how far we've come Oh, and how what, far we've come. What, Jesus Christ. And what we've built what we've built for ourselves. And we're not we ain't done yet. We ain't done yet. More to come. Yeah. Alright guys, I think that's it. I think that's that story. There's probably a lot more that we missed. There's probably a lot. But anyway, that's our story for tonight. Yeah. Uh, like we're sound like a broken record, but our main point is if <laughs> you talk about it. Just, just talk, talk about it. Just talk. Yep. And if you don't feel comfortable then don't it's just ask yeah. if you don't feel comfortable just say not yet but just ask just watch people and ask if they want to talk yeah all right hate to love you leave you <laughs> uh, i don't know why i said that <laughs> we're off uh, we will chat to you another time all right bye guys